Welcome to the Restoration Church podcast, Behind the Sermon, where we get to sit in on a conversation between our pastors to hear about what they are learning, what they are teaching, and what God is doing throughout our church. Enjoy the podcast. Hey, welcome to the Behind the Sermon podcast. This is Pastor Andrew, and I'm here with Pastor Jeremy. Hello. And Pastor Stephen. Welcome. Uh, Currently, we are in Florida for a conference while Pastor Nate is on vacation. So that's why it's the three of us, and he's not going to be joining us today. But um, it is 1130 at night. We keep doing this to ourselves. (laughs) (laughs) This is the second time in like two weeks that we've done... In Apparently, when everyone schedules conferences, it's always the same month. So every all of our travel is this month, right? Pretty I think much. so. Like a good chunk of it. Yeah, for most of the year. So it's definitely a busy season for us. Yeah. But it's been good so far. So we're at a next-gen conference. So it's focusing on youth and kids. We're here with our youth pastors and our U-turn uh, leaders as well, which half of them are the same people, but our, our, except for you. Yeah. Right? So I have, I have Lisa with me yep. and pastor Victoria. Yep. Uh, yep. And Rob does both. Pastor Rob does both for us and pastor Colin does both yeah. in Plymouth. But, um, <clears throat> it's been fun so far. We, uh, we rocked, uh, downtown Disney for a bit and then we did the conference. It was really fun. But yeah, so this week, um, we were in our last pitfall series. So last close, week of the last pitfalls. week of pitfalls. Yeah. Um I like this series. I liked it a lot. I it's, thought it was really good. I hear a lot of good reviews about this uh pitfall series. Yeah. Yeah. There's always something special when it's a series you don't expect to yeah. hit so hard and then when it does, like when we're planning throughout the year, we usually know what series like this is yeah, this is a big one, this is gonna be a powerful thing. And then Sometimes these ones just pop up. Yeah, absolutely. That just like, oh wow, this is amazing, and we didn't really expect it. Pastor Nate would probably say he expected it to be incredible the whole time. Yeah, but he does I, that. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I think it was last last episode of this that we filmed. I told him I was like, I was just kind of going with the flow on on this one. Like I didn't, I didn't know it would be good. <laughs> like I knew it would be good because everything Pastor Nate prepares. Like I, I love listening to him teach, um, so obviously it was going to be good in that retrospect. But uh, in that respect, um, but I did not, I didn't expect it to to be like a favorite series. Like we're still early on in the year yeah. of our series, and it really is like becoming a favorite. Yeah, I had to catch myself because I was um, hosting, and I almost said like. Hey, this is the last week of our series, Pitfall. It's been one of the most incredible series this year. And then I realized it's, it's like number the two. Second, it's the <laughs> of course it's incredible. <laughs> the next series, this is our third most incredible <laughs> series of the year. Which will probably be accurate because I'm in charge of the next one. That's so. true. <laughs> yeah, which we'll talk about too. But let's let's talk through these, um, these pitfalls. So I've... I figure a way that would be kind of fun would be like talking through. So, so I guess I'll talk through like we have these four pitfalls owing people, um, wasting money, wishing, and hoarding. So, um, I was just thinking through like when I heard it, definitely when they got to the, to the wishing one, that's where I felt I kind of live like with my finances. I like to wish. 
a lot. I like to dream even today, right? We are downtown Disney and we're eating food, but I have the kids menu rolled over and I'm, I'm pricing out what a flight would be to get my family down here. Cause I just like, well, man, wouldn't it be great if I could just fly him here? We could just make a vacation. Like I like to wish a lot, mm-hmm. not that we'll jump around a bunch, but just in this whole list of things, the wishing really hit me a lot. Um, but I liked it because I feel like normally finance, like finance sermons, they focus on the owing and the tithing. And I love that Pastor Nate had all these different ways and all these different scriptures to tie into it. I thought that was pretty cool. And that's what, that's what stood out to me about this one a lot. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the wishing portion was really good because um, I liked it because it's a reframing of not... It's it's almost greediness, but it's different. It's mm. not being greedy. Wishing is is like more subtle than that. And I think it really like that's one of the things we've been talking about. We've been talking a little bit about like um craving status and stuff and oh, yeah. and things like that. But like what's weird is in New England, the things the way we crave status and the way we show off wealth is very different than what you can like think of culturally as being like a person who shows off their wealth or who is arrogant. We're very like, we're not flashy, but we have flashy things. So it's, I can brag about how expensive my tools are Mm. and that's an okay way of displaying my wealth. It's like, it's not important for us to have, you know, like there aren't a lot of sneaker heads up in New Hampshire who like people who spend hundreds of dollars on sneakers, but we'll brag about these tools that we have. Right. Or like you don't see people driving Ferraris, but you'll see them driving, you know, eighty thousand dollar trucks, right? Yeah. You know, and so it's like this weird thing that I think there's a lot of us dealing with this without realizing we're dealing yeah, with it, absolutely, because it doesn't compare to how culture says we would be displaying this thing. Yeah, and so I think wishing, because like for us, like we talk about like wishing. I realize like I end up wishing when it comes to like buying like tools and buying. Yeah. You know, like all of these little things that I'm like, oh, that's me being greedy and selfish and not even realizing it. I like, though, you think through, so something like like Pastor Nate talking through with his kids, <clears throat> talking through with his kids like, oh, man, you know what we want to do? We want to give this much to speed, to speed the light, right? And then he's like, make a plan. If you don't have a plan, you're not going to do it. And I feel like when I was thinking through like the wishing, like, you know what? I need to stop just wishing and then daydreaming about it and thinking through like, make a plan, you know, stop, you know, if you're, if you're just always wishing, like eventually it just turns into like that whole, like, I'm just going to picture what my life could be if it wasn't the life I have now, you know? So that was like what really hit me on that. I, I didn't write through either, but um, the, the the other part that I really liked when he talked through the difference between owing and he compared owing to tithing, I loved that when he was like, tithing is, is, that's paying God back for yesterday and owing is promising you'll pay someone back for tomorrow, right? What, is that how he worded it? For t- you'll yeah. pay someone back tomorrow for today. Like yeah. it's literally like the two. I, I don't know why. Never thought of it that way. Mm. I loved that 
comparison. Yeah. yeah, I yeah, I think I loved because he said like you can afford to pay someone sixteen percent interest for your credit card, but you can't afford to pay God ten percent for what he's already given you. Yeah. Like, oh man, that was just it was so good. And I, I'm I'm hoping that's like some real break for, breakthrough for people. Cause I just, I've never heard it that way. Um, and I thought that was, that was really cool. I just uh, like that a lot. And I like the example that he used, uh, I don't know the name, but he, he gave off 90% and he was leaving with the 10%. Mm. And I think that was powerful because, you know, we always think the opposite. Oh, hey, yeah. we want to give 10% and 90% is what we're going to live. But this guy was reverse thinking it and saying, hey, I'm going to give give out 90% and I'm going to live 10%. Uh, so that really you know, stood out. And also like thinking through this uh, series and finances, it's, it's not, it's money is important. And, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of times us, we even like Christians, we think, you know, thinking about money is sin or like, you know, mm-hmm. like, oh man, should I, should I think about this? Should I not? Do? But clearly the love, the greed, that's where the greed comes in. Like that's, that's not good. That's not healthy for us. But, you know, like wishing, like being a billionaire, Pastor Nate said, hey, I wish he, he used to think, I wish I was, I was a millionaire. But then he started reverse thinking it. Oh, I'm going to be like, you know, something he said, like, I am, and I will, I will send out, like, I'll give out this, this much money to the church or something like that. So I think, so Nate alluded to it at at a minuscule moment in the sermon, but I think it's an important thing that we talk, that we address a little bit, but he says like, Jesus talked more about money than he does about heaven. Yeah. So when you yeah, read yeah. the Bible, Jesus talked more about money than he does about heaven. Right. And like that's a big fact that we can't overlook. Like he it's it's really important. And I think like Christians when we're like, "Oh, I'm not going to think about money. I'm going to do that." Ignorance doesn't excuse you from responsibility. Yeah. You know, and you have to you part of the Christian walk is wrestling with finances and money and to, so important that Jesus talks about it more than almost any other topic. It's crazy how often he talks about money yeah. and finances. And just works through just again, that, that it's that it's just the whole idea. Like you're given a life, you're given these things to respect it as the gift that it is. Yeah. I feel like it just gives a good appreciation for it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's the whole point is If you went to a church that preached as often on money as Jesus did, you would leave that church because you would say all I cared about was money. Yeah. <laughs> like right. all this church talks about is finances. That's yeah. all they care about. All they care about is money. Like if you sat under Jesus, like you would have left yeah. his church because of that mentality. Right. So why do you, why do you th- why do you think that though? Because obviously it's not just about because money is important or all we care about is money. Do you think so? One, my main thought is it's because it's the one thing that we want to hold on to. Mm. It's the one thing we don't want to let go. Like so, the whole the guy is like, "Hey, I've done all these things. Like I live this life. Like 
what do I do? He's like, oh, that's amazing. Like, good job doing that. But what do I do to like, I want to follow you. He's like, oh, get rid of everything. Yeah. And the guy, it like it just says the guy walked away sad. So I, I wonder if even by the time Jesus shows up, mm. we're so connected to money, to the idea of status, to the idea of those things that that's like, do you, do you, do you guys feel like just the idea of like, is this the, is this one of the biggest pitfalls we have? Is that why Jesus teaches it? Because that's us hanging on to the world. That's us hanging on to things. It's the biggest thing that will make us say, you know what? Like following Jesus is a little hard. Um, I think I'm just going to keep pursuing money because that's easier right now. You know? Yeah. I think without getting like too philosophical about it, money represents two things, time and effort. Yeah. It's just a quantification of this is the time and effort I've put into something. And when you're holding it and you have it, like that's why it's so important because God is saying like you need to look at what like if there's one thing that measures what is most valuable to you, what takes the most amount of your time, that's the thing we do more than anything is we work, you know, that yeah. takes up a portion of our week and then effort, we put more effort into our job than almost anything else. And it's represented by that paycheck we get every week. Right. And we are deeply committed to holding on to that because it is so much of our identity. Right. You know, if you work 40, 50 hours a week, like to give up and say, like, I'm going to give up that 40, 50 hours, like, that's a lot. Like, that's hard. It's not right. easy to, like, say, like, that's such part of your identity. Like, that's who you are, is what you've done for, you know, past week and for years of your life you'll spend a third of your life working yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's true yeah and, and to think through like sometimes jesus will ask you to give up those things because yeah. again we're gonna put our identity in that yeah you know so uh, yeah it's just it's interesting because when you think about it like jesus doesn't he doesn't just talk about money for money's sake no which is like which is what you could accuse a church who would preach as much yeah because if they're going to preach about money, they're going to definitely bring up tithing. Yep. And so then it's like, oh, well, they just want me to fund their yeah. their ministry. But like for Jesus, he preached about money, but it was also like, give it all away. Yeah. Like he didn't say give it to me. He was just like, give it all away. Because his principle, I feel like was, this is going to lead you down a path that's going to make it hard to yeah. follow me because you're going to pursue that so much. And I think one of the things that's important is like when you get the rich and ruler, it wasn't a prescription for everyone. Not yeah. everyone had to give up their money. Right. He did because it was something that held such sway in his life. Yeah. And so he's speaking to him and he's like, no, you have to do this. If you don't do this, yep. you're going to be ruined. And sure enough, when he couldn't do it, he walked away. Right. You know, and that mentality. And I think for us, like one of the things I think through, that was a pretty mind blowing stat that I learned in high school, I think, was, um, for us as Americans, if you make, I think it was forty-five to fifty thousand dollars a year, which is less than the average American makes, you are richer than ninety-nine percent of the rest of the world. Wow, you're in the top one percent of income earners in the world. In the world, and when you start to realize that, like, you're in the one percent of all of and. We, we as humanity are in the wealthiest time we've ever lived in. You have yeah. a better life than a king did 200 years ago. Yeah. You are 
us, you are, a lot of us are the rich young ruler in a lot of ways without even realizing it. And having to come to terms with like, you know, and we hear a lot of arguments about politically income inequality and that. And those are important things to talk about, but we're in the 1%. We got to wrestle through with that amount of wealth. What are we really doing with it? And are we, would we ever be willing? Mm. Would we walk away disappointed? Yeah. If Jesus talked to us, like, are we going to be in the, right. in that pitfall of like, he's like, hey, like, Pastor Andrew, I think you're holding on to that money too much if you give that up and follow me. Like, man. It's a constant challenge in ministry. <laughs> like, yeah. when your job becomes like, is ministry, and there's moments where it's like, God might be calling you to something, and it's hard even as a minister to be like, I've got to give up the the paycheck and like things like that. it's it's hard yeah. it's really hard yeah uh it's it's really interesting that we we're talking about it uh because like i come from different culture right and oh you do <laughs> unfortunately yeah <laughs> Sorry, that's, that's a 12 o'clock joke for you but uh just thinking talking through it uh, now I'm living in this culture and you know getting paychecked and stuff like that i was just doing the math Right now, my father-in-law makes two hundred bucks a month. Two hundred dollars a month. Wow. Two hundred dollars a month. <laughs> All oh, right. Man. So that's like, it's hard. It's hard. So like back home in India, you don't get paycheck bi-weekly or weekly. Like there's no constant. Like you're going to get this much. It's like whatever people tithe. So if people are tithing hundred bucks, that's what you're leaving off with. You know, so it's really like you put more emphasis in faith mm. and live that life. So like last eight years, nine years, I've been a missionary all my life. I never got paid. It was just a faith life. So here now it's different. Now I'm like, oh, getting paycheck. So now I'm like, wow, I'm kind of like, oh, you know, <laughs> wow, this 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 is cool, you know. I could but, spend this. It's coming again in two weeks. You know, like, <laughs> but again, uh, making, I've heard this a lot, you know, don't raise your standards of uh, living yeah. when you increase, but, uh, you know, increase the standard of giving. Mm. Uh, I really hold on to that That's because really we both, me and Ringo, we, both raised in that Christian environment where we had to put and see our parents did that and go through that. So it's, it's, it's nice that we're talking through it. Like, you know, like if Jesus came, you know, do we go like, God, really? Like, uh, you know, or like, it's cool in a way because you know, like, I feel like, you know, your, your and Rinku's answer because like now you're you're new to that uh, it's a little like it's bittersweet obviously like that sounds really scary to me <laughs> the idea of that legitimately but yeah. i also i'm i'm jealous of the fact that that's an area of your life that you have seen your faith pay off you know what i mean right, like right. it's gotten you to where you are to where you know it's not what it's not your efforts like that's how god has carried you Right. That's that's it's just pretty cool. It's like it, that's faith building for 
for me to like stop being a baby because apparently now I'm I'm one I'm the one percent <laughs> richest person in the world around there, and so like stop being a baby and like let's live by faith a little bit more, yeah. and uh, yeah, that's really cool. It's, it's the same thing, opposite way now. Like like now I think about my friends who's pastoring in Middle East or in mm. India. And now I'm like getting paycheck and they're like, like suffering or like, you know, they, their kids don't eat food, you know, and that hurts me. I'm like, oh man, because now I'm living here. Now I need to pay rent and, you know, right. like for here, so, like. Cause, cause you've said before, it's significantly more expensive to live here as well. I remember cause we did like the electrical work at the church. Right. You saw the bill and I was like. Oh, in India, this would be like fifty bucks, <laughs> like, right, 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 like for them to redo the entire building. Yeah, right. So it's a crazy difference. It is there, you know. So yeah, it's it's really like uh, you know, faith lifting. Yeah, but at the same time, like you know, like faith crushing. Mm. You know, it's same. It goes same ways. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I liked I liked what you said though that. And we should, I mean, we should all learn from that. That whole idea of you, well, he talked through it too. The people who are like, man, I just bought lottery tickets yeah. when I become a millionaire, right, right. but they're instantly going to raise their level of living to yeah. where they can't afford it. They can't keep it up. It, and that whole idea of like, yeah, all right, well, raise, I, yeah. Don't raise, your, uh, don't raise your standard of living when you get more income, but raise the standard of giving. Which is... Which is really good. Uh, yeah, I think it's it's it goes along with the gasoline analogy he showed. Yeah. Um, like if you have problems now, money doesn't fix them. It just exemplifies anything yeah. you had wrong before. Right. And so, if you have a spending problem now, if you get more money, you have a bigger spending problem. Yeah. You know, like yeah. And it's amazing if you just look up the horror stories of people who won the lottery and years later are just yeah. broke. Yeah. It's like worse off than they were. Yeah. Right. Because they're like, oh, now I can afford a nice house. But yeah. they didn't think about that mortgage when they ran out of lottery money. Yeah. And it's yeah. it's insane. Like, I mean, crazy things you you can barely fathom. Like people who win $70, 80000000 million and are broke three years later. Like, yeah. It's crazy. $70 million in yeah. three years to burn through that kind of cash. And it's it's so easy because money is just a, I think, what is it? Someone said it before, money's a magnifying glass. So anything you lo- anything that you increase, and as you're looking, it just blows yeah. up these problems and stuff like that. And I and that's really like that's what Jesus is always pointing at. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about a little bit in the cars. We were talking about like numbers are signifiers of what's going on internally. Yeah, and that's what it is. Is is finances are just such a clear metric of where your heart is. Yeah, they're just they're just such a clear like they just draw one to one line of like where's your heart. What's going on? Where is it? Where's it at? Is it, you know, in, you know, is it in lottery tickets? Is it in, you know, which Pastor talked about. And my wife and I went through it where we realized um, we sat down, finally started doing our budget for the first time, like three years after we were married, two or three years, and realized we were spending $400 a month eating out. Yeah. <laughs> That's easy to do. It's really easy to do. And we were not making $400 worth of 
yeah. income a month to just throw it away on eating out. Yeah. Which know? which he talked through, like when he talked through point two, yeah. I like the way he is like when you realize where your money's going, all of a sudden you start telling it where it should go. Yeah. And that's the same thing. Like before we did, so we use every dollar still, the Dave mm-hmm. Ramsey. Um, we pay for that premium budgeting app. It's amazing. You know what I wish they do is automatically add when they're about to charge you, they should put it in your budget. That would be great because I forget every year. Either way, Dave Ramsey, when you listen to this, can you please update your app? Um, I do the monthly one, the nine ninety nine a month. Oh, I just pay for the year. I do a monthly one. That sounds genius. Yeah, I do it for the year and forget every year, and I have to rework the budget every time it comes out. Anyway, but we do every dollar. Same thing when we got married. My I did not I did not do well with money. <laughs> I'm a spender. Yep. Haley's a saver. Um if Haley was fully in charge, we'd just have a bunch of money in the bank and we wouldn't we'd be miserable. <laughs> if I was in charge, we'd have no money and no house. But like when we started doing the when we started doing our budget and seeing it, like that helps so mm. much. And I feel like like half the time you talk to you talk to people, you know, people in my family and all this stuff where it's like the biggest issue is they just don't know where it's going. Yeah. And I feel like that's the biggest one. Like, man, you if you if you just knew, yeah, you can make these minor tweaks. And then, you know, the whole thing of like if you just know and then you know, oh, I have I have fifty dollars that I can be stupid with. Yeah. Because everything else I know where it's going. And now, you know, now you're not gonna do dumb things like buy something on a whim that you can't afford. But I liked when he when he talked through that, like you find out where it's going. So then you kind of put it in its place and yeah. and you're in control of it. I liked I liked that quite a bit. 100%. Yeah, I've I've definitely I've sat down with people before and just it was as simple as like they were like I want to tithe but I don't think I can. And I'm mm. like I don't think that's true. Let's go look at this and we'll sit down. Yeah. And like I was sitting I can't, I sat down with someone and we sat down and they were like, "Okay, let's sit down and go through your budget." And I made them pull up their bank account and they wrote down all the things they'd spent for the first time in their life, had never yeah. done it before. Wrote down all the things they spent. And they were like, I want to tithe. I don't make a ton of money. And they looked, they're like, I spent $200 on video games this month. Yeah. And they were like, I had no idea. Yeah. They just didn't know. And it was like, oh, instant- I have 10 subscriptions that yeah. I don't use anymore. <laughs> right. Like that whole, like, right, right. don't have a plan. But, yeah, and yeah. then you, all of a sudden you work it out, and you're like, "Oh, this is really easy <laughs> to tie." And, and it was like, and it wasn't even hard. I was like, "Do you think you could drop it to fifty dollars a month?" Yeah, I think fifty dollars a month on video games is more than reasonable. I just freed up one hundred fifty dollars. Like this yeah. is incredible, and yeah. they were so happy, you know. And it was more than what they needed, than what they wanted to tie. Yeah, and so, absolutely, you know. Yeah, it's just yeah. Ignorance in your finances, and like that's part of the culture we live in. Is this is what being part of the one percent is? You can afford to be ignorant of your finances. It's true. You're not fighting quite as much. Yeah. I mean, you end up fighting. Yeah. Right. You put yourself there. Yeah. You know, when you think like what Pastor Stephen was saying, he's like, my father-in-law makes two hundred bucks a month. Like, you you're going to know where that money's going. Because of the scarcity, yeah. But we live in a culture where we can afford to just do whatever we want and then catch up with the consequences yeah, later. Absolutely. I think that's great. Which, like, so, like, the thing of when people hear it's going to be like a money sermon, 
I feel like a lot of times if they don't know where it is, sometimes like I've heard from from family, from other friends, they're like, what's the point of budgeting? I know I just, I have more bills than I have income. Mm-hmm. I already know that. What's the point of budgeting? I'm just going to see that that truth exists. Yeah. You know, and, and sometimes I feel like uh, you might see that you have money, mm-hmm. you know, and you just you know, you kind of spend it those ways. But so when these sermons happen that are about finances, like I feel like if you really don't know, that should be a wake up call for you to just try and figure it out. And it's not like you have to live in it every day. Just if you do it once a month to start, it probably change your entire life. Yeah. Your entire life, you know, one thing I thought we could do, which, because this is only our second. So we just started this podcast and in general talking through the series. Yep. And this is our last episode of this. I thought, um, and maybe this is a dumb idea, and we'll just end it. You know, this if this podcast ends abruptly, it means Suddenly this wasn't just a good idea. Scratch. Jeremy picked a bad idea, but I thought it would be kind of cool to to look back through the, almost the entire series. Dude, that's is stressful. that a bad idea? No, it's a good idea, but I was I'm not prepared, and right. now you I know have what, to. you know what I have right in front of me. I have a sermon series uh, outline. Which again, so this whole this whole point of this podcast behind the sermon is supposed to show um, and promise to the church that um, we we don't just show up and wing it. Um, so one thing I thought would be interesting is just like to talk through a little bit of the idea of um, coming up with our sermon series. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I think we do pretty well is we look through um, how much um, practical are we teaching, how much um, spiritual um, are we teaching, and and we like to make sure those things, which which we talk through every time. But um, so obviously we have a doc that goes through, and it's really hard to talk and look for a document at the same time. Here I am though. Um, yeah. So, well, you search. Yeah. So, oh, thank God. Thank you. There's, there's, there's a thing that um, you hear a lot of. So, I, I've been talking about it a little bit today because I was thinking about it. There's what's called orthodoxy, and orthodoxy is your beliefs. So, mm. this is the things that you believe, and so that's that's your spiritual theological yeah. points. The church is pretty good at talking about orthodoxy. We're really good at talking about spiritual theological. There's this other word that you've probably never heard, and that's concerning to me. It's called orthopraxis. Mm. Orthopraxis is what you do. And so orthodoxy is your theological beliefs. Orthopraxis is putting those beliefs into action. Yeah. And so we try and find a balance between orthodoxy and orthopraxis, and that's a very hard thing to do. You tend to find churches that are hyper-orthodox, where all you hear is spiritual depth I'm yeah. using air quotes. Yeah, you're quoting here. And just miss and miss orthopraxis. So I understand this Greek word, but I cussed out my wife last night. Right? <laughs> right. Like, yeah. Yeah. You understand these deep theological deep quote air quotes again, theological principles, right. but you're missing what they actually affect in the everyday life. And so yeah. we try and drive that balance of orthodoxy mm-hmm. and orthopraxis yeah. and making sure. And a lot of times People need a lot more orthopraxis than they need orthodoxy. I I remember Pastor Nate talking through that, like when you look through, like people want to people want to dive into Revelation, people yeah. want to dive in, you know, all this stuff, and and he's like, 
I could preach one Sunday and give you more practical, biblical teaching. It would take you the rest of your life to actually live that out. And it's not saying like, oh man, I preach so good yeah. that it would take you a year. But but the principles you learn in the Bible of like what you what you have to do, mm-hmm. it's a lifetime of effort. Yeah. So it's really great to stay you know, to stay learning the spiritual aspect of things and to develop a great, obviously we want a great prayer life, but even, even those things that are spiritual in nature, or you want to sound spiritual talking about them, they have a practice to them. You can't have a great prayer life without having some, some habits in place Mm -hmm. to create a prayer life. And so either way, I just, I like that. So this one, yeah, this series felt very, Orthopraxis. Yep. I'm learning that word today. <laughs> um, but this series was was a lot of that, which again, we're hearing like there's deep spiritual things in it as well. But to me, it was very like, here's things you avoid doing to maintain a godly walk. So we did, so the, to recap, we've done pitfalls in dating, in marriage, um, in marital intimacy, in mental health, in Christianity, and in finances. So this was a series again that we we extended mm-hmm. for that. Um, I am I am excited because again, so the series after this is is not what's written in this doc. It's um, Gideon, yep. which you're writing. Yep. So that's that's an exciting thing just in general. I don't know. I don't I don't know how much people care about this, but I think it's fun to learn how churches I think you should care if you're being taught by us yeah. and by Pastor Nate, you should probably care how it's working. This year is fun because Pastor Nate's working with each of us to develop a sermon series on our own, which we've never really done before, which is cool. So you're writing this one. This one feels like it's going to be um it's going to be on that orthodoxy side. Uh, I'm, I really don't. It's going to, lean? it's going to, it's going to probably balance a little bit mm. between the two. Okay. So it is going to be fun to actually look at a character of the Bible. Yeah. So that's a, that's an orthodoxy principle. Like let's look at this character, learn about who he is, learn yeah. about what he did, but it's going to balance pretty well. Cause kind of like sneak preview, the three things is um, the big idea of, First, will you know? I know, um, I know God can, but will He actually? Is mm. one of the principles we're going to yeah. talk about, which is a, which is a little bit of an orthodox principle. Yeah. Like God, you can do this, but will you actually? We've got um, lack of faith in your community, so those around you, so not trusting that yeah. people are going to love you. So that's going to be pretty orthopraxis focused. Then I'm trying to remember the first week, which I'm preaching this week, so I should really doubt, know. Doubting yourself. Doubting yourself. Yes. Yeah. So that'll be a balance of orthodoxy. Who yeah. does God say that you are? Mm. And then orthopraxis. If God says that you are this thing, then what do you do? Yeah. And so, you know, so it'll be a little bit that. And so, you know, it does. But yeah, but I liked, I liked this one because the pitfalls was nice to just jump into a lot of nitty gritty of like, yeah, you know, this I is. I feel like that was such, so like, like this is, that was a really great like Christian 101. Yeah. Right. If you think about again like the the week that I preached which um I had talked through like if you're a new Christian this is the series for you. 
if you have been a Christian for a while, this is also the series for you because you're probably in half of these things. But the idea of like, man, if I could have learned these pitfalls (laughs) before I ever went through them, that would be amazing. So you you think like a 15, 16-year-old wants to follow Jesus. I feel like pitfalls, you know, you have a kid that's just getting into high school you make them watch this series yeah. because what if they could avoid all those things? You think through like all the things that Pastor Nate promised. What if yeah. your teenager grows up saving for retirement, can retire at a good age, uh, only intimate with their spouse, um, like actually cares and is a loving spouse to that person because they learned how to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, they dated correctly. Like you think about every pitfall that we've talked through, like, man, if, if a Christian can learn this stuff early, yeah. how, you know, it's all, it's great to have a testimony, but you probably, you don't <laughs> want too intense of a testimony. You know, you want to have a little, you know, if you can, Yeah, a lame testimony is a nice one too, because it means, uh, you just got smart early on. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And so I just feel like this series was like, I want to remember these teachings when, when, when Eloise and Levi get older, when my right. kids get older, I want them to know this stuff. Mm-hmm. So I, this is one I'm going to be revisiting with right. new people come to the church who want to talk. Like I, this is one I'm going to be like, Hey, you should watch this. If yeah. you want to follow Jesus. I just think it's, I think like awesome. one of the ways I visualize it, so if you look at like almost like it's almost the way the Bible is formed too. Mm. If you imagine it like as a big funnel, so there's this big funnel and then it gets narrow and then it opens up. It's almost like an hourglass. Oh, okay. Like that's how I like view. I'm with you so far. All right. So it's, it's imagine this hourglass in the beginning when you have, you know, all of the Jewish Old Testament laws, there's these massive laws yeah. and you're trying to figure out how to follow them. Mm. And it just starts pushing you down this funnel until we get to Jesus and he sums it up. He says, all right, what's the greatest command? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And then the funnel reopens because with that one statement, they had to then wrestle through, okay, if that's all we do, what does it look like? Right. And it gets big again. And so that's where like the perfect, like the new Christian is navigating the top of the funnel, mm. the top of the hourglass, where it's like, it feels like there's all these rules and I'm trying to understand. Yeah. And then you're getting down, okay, here's the thing. And then you've been a Christian for a while and now you're in the bottom of the hourglass just learning the implications of that one right. statement. It's so far. You know? Yeah. And so it's just this, you know, this process of like going from big to the central yeah. moment and then big again. And like, I mean, that's ultimately like, the Bible in a nutshell. We start with creation, everything. We get to the central moment. That's this narrow moment of Jesus' death and resurrection. And then everything gets big again. Yeah. And it's just like that funneling through process mm-hmm. of the truth. Absolutely. So we're that's about it for time, but we we try and work through resources for people. We've talked through a lot of books. We've also mentioned a great resource, Every Dollar. Every Dollar. By Dave Ramsey mm-hmm. is an app that budgets that, I think you should get no matter what. Yeah. I think even if you're a teenager just starting a job, you should have it. I think if you're a you know a single 
50 year old mm-hmm. that doesn't have kids in the house, you need the app too. Yep. I think, I think that's super important and awesome or, and really any of Dave Ramsey's teachings, total money makeovers, total a great money book makeover, yeah. by Dave Ramsey, um, financial peace university, which there's a circle happening in Dover. There is. Yep. Which I don't, there it's zoom optional as well. Correct. Yep. Yeah. So if you can't, it might be too late for this semester, but I know Steve, they're going to keep doing it. They are hugely passionate about it. Oh, and yeah. I love that heart because it changed my life. It changed so, their life, yeah, like in, insanely. And they, you know, they're not trying to prosperity gospel it, but the idea of oh, we started following these principles, our life just started falling together, yeah. and so now they're like. Uh, we're gonna do this, and so yeah, I think that I think they're gonna be teaching that class for a while. So that's like every circle semester. Look for that financial peace mm-hmm. university, and they'll definitely zoom it up for any of our locations. Another book that isn't necessarily money, but is this principle that we've been talking about mm-hmm. is gaining by losing. Yep. By um, what's his name? I can't remember his name, but he was the president of the Southern Baptist Convention at one point. Okay. When when you find out his name, you'll be like, oh yeah, it'll be in the link. Yeah, so gaining by losing, and that's a principle about like a heart of giving always returns. Is it it JD Greer? JD Greer. Yeah. Yes. Cool. So gaining by losing, it's that's the principle, and so that's more of a church focused one where it's like we give out, we give as a church because God, like the more we give, the more God will kind of allow us to be trusted with more, which is a biblical principle. Yeah. But that's like a that's like a bigger like where money is the the is the measurement, this is the heart. Mm-hmm. And so gaining by losing is a great book that falls that's awesome. Sweet. Well by the time everyone's listening to this, we'll be flying home from or we'll still be at the conference, right? Wednesday morning. Yeah, when we'll this be wrapping drop. it up. We'll be wrapping it up, but um, so if you're listening to this, would you pray for us? Pray for our um, for our kids leaders because we're we're here supporting them and working through that. So that would be cool. And then you know start start get ready for the new series Gideon. It's going to be really fun. And Pastor Andrew's preaching in Dover. Um, so yeah, he'll be on every screen, even your phone screen for those <laughs> of you at home. So that's exciting. I like when you come and preach. It's always fun. So it's going to be great. Thanks, guys.